Welcome back to the Liberty Update. We're glad you're here for a quick overview of some of the biggest headlines of this week. We're going to jump right into your need-to-know news, but just a quick reminder, you can keep up with all things Convention of States on our website and on social media. On today's show, we will be discussing the train derailment in Ohio and our government's response, or lack thereof, to the incident. We'll also be discussing a push for a one-world government and why Elon Musk is not a huge fan of the idea. That's all right here on the Liberty Update. A story you've probably seen making headlines this week is the train derailment in Northeast Ohio. 38 rail cars derailed on February 3rd, and 12 additional cars were damaged by a fire. 20 cars were carrying hazardous material, and half of these cars were derailed. And they were carrying chemicals including vinyl chloride, which is a toxic gas used to make plastics, adhesives, and other chemicals. A coordinated decision was made to burn the chemicals by local, state, and federal officials But one of the byproducts of burning vinyl chloride, come to find out, is hydrogen chloride. Well, for those of you who are not scientists, hydrogen chloride latches onto water in the atmosphere and can turn into hydrochloric acid, which can seriously contaminate the air and the water. So many people are sounding the alarm on the possible side effects to human health, not just right now and not just in the northeastern Ohio towns, but further east as weather patterns push these chemicals in the air towards the east coast. And both the governor of Pennsylvania and Ohio, along with other government officials over at the EPA, are calling the burning off of millions of pounds of these chemicals as success. At the same time, they're not mentioning that it means we have hundreds of thousands of pounds of acid potentially in the air. The burning chemicals are clearly affecting people in Ohio towns. Residents say they can smell the chlorine in the air and they're experiencing burning eyes. Even miles away from the scene, chickens are reportedly dying and hundreds of fish have been found dead in rivers, which is circulating the internet in videos. But Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg addressed the derailment and its impacts on what he said was hundreds of residents. The damage being done could have far more extensive impacts than just hundreds of people right around the derailment. And Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's office said that there's been no reports to the Ohio Department of Health and that they have a monitoring system in place and that given the levels we've seen, we would not expect to see any reports. But not all the consequences from human exposure to carcinogens are instantaneous like in fish. The effects of high exposure to these toxic chemicals would likely be experienced years down the road, long after the emergency subsides. So this is a major health concern and officials don't appear to be fully upfront in warning the public, not just in Ohio, but you know, further east as this gets pushed towards the east coast about the hazards in burning these toxins. So while the government tells us it's safe, let's just remember how many things the government has insisted we do for health in just the past three years alone. 
All things considered, it's not hard to understand why Americans would struggle to believe our government officials when it comes to this Ohio accident. And to make matters worse, since the accident in Ohio, several other hazmat releases have been reported across the country, causing many Americans to understandably ask questions. But as Senator J.D. Vance pointed out in a recent episode of Tucker Carlson Tonight, the federal government has turned a blind eye. What's worse, they continue to preoccupy themselves with woke concerns over environmental racism, for example, whatever that is, yet ignore this real threat to the American people's safety. The, the tragedy in Palestine, in your state, kind of points up that something is kind of wrong with the fundamentals. I mean, if there are hundreds of train derailments, like who's paying attention to this stuff and trying to prevent it? Well, Tucker, we've had hundreds of train der derailments after we spent over a trillion dollars on infrastructure yes. in this country. Yes. So the Thank fact you. that this isn't getting obviously better is a major indictment of the people spending the money and what they're spending the money on. Now, we know if you listen to Secretary Buttigieg today uh, that they are focused more on whether we have too many white men in construction jobs than he is on the fundamentals of his job, which is ensuring we have a viable transportation infrastructure in this country. And unfortunately, my constituents in East Palestine have been some of the main victims of the fact that we have failing infrastructure in our country, again, after spending tons of money in an effort to actually fix it. So the problem we have, Tucker, is that we are ruled by unserious people who are worried about fake problems instead of the real fact that our country is falling apart in some of the most important ways. Both Tucker and Vance criticized the Biden administration and the Department of Transportation, spearheaded by Buttigieg, for focusing their time, money, and efforts on a meaningless, woke agenda while disregarding many serious problems. We are ruled by unserious people who are worried about fake problems, Vance observed, instead of the real fact that our country is falling apart in some of the most important ways. Senator Vance hit the nail on the head. Our unserious federal government would rather waste millions of dollars on woke initiatives than actually serve the American people. No matter how hard we try, it seems we the people can never get a grasp on our federal government or get them to stop wasting our money or pay attention to the issues that matter to us. That's why we so desperately need a convention of states. COS would help not only with combating the growth of our own federal government and the dysfunction of those in Washington, but also help combat a growing move for a one world government for globalization of government power, which is something that should concern us all. Well, the World Health Organization is moving forward with its plans for a global pandemic treaty. Just to give you a quick breakdown of the timeline, the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body, which is a part of the WHO, was established in December 2021. And about six months later, in the summer of 2022, it announced its plans to draft a legally binding pandemic contract. Then in December 2022, just a few months ago, the member states agreed to develop the first draft of the legally binding contract, and they decided to draft that by their next meeting at the end of February, which means that draft has now been released to the public and it's nothing surprising. The draft empowers federal governments to expand health authority over citizens in order to prepare for future health emergencies. So this is the first draft, it's called the Zero Draft, and so it will be edited and modified in the coming 
months as the group continues to meet, reiterated throughout the 32-page draft is the common goal of strengthened pandemic preparedness at a global level. And we can't forget that it also details a response system to misinformation and the strengthening of public trust. Interestingly, the word strengthen in one form or another is mentioned about 47 times in the entire draft, while the word freedom is mentioned a whole three times in the entire document. A list of guiding principles includes equity, inclusiveness, gender equality, and the central role of the World Health Organization in all of these processes. The entire draft really continuously just empowers national governments to seize control for health. But rest assured, the draft states that any limitations on human rights should be aligned with international law. However, that's not the Constitution, and the document asserts any restrictions placed on humans should ensure there's no discrimination and that restrictions are necessary to achieve the public health goal. But who decides what the public health school is and who decides what steps are necessary and when there is a pandemic? The treaty assigns declaring pandemics to the World Health Organization's director general, not to American leaders. As if that's not glaring enough to Americans who prefer the U.S. Constitution over a legally binding global treaty, the draft states restrictions on the freedom of movement, such as quarantines and isolations, must ensure people have sufficient access to medication, health services, and other necessities and rights. How comforting. Here at Convention of States, we're for the U.S. Constitution, not a legally binding pandemic treaty. And it's funny because the World Health Organization's largest contributor is the United States, which means American taxpayer dollars aid in the group's expansion of power over us, all in the name of health. The World Health Organization and our own government just wants us to accept that our freedoms may need to be temporarily sacrificed for the common good. But you know what? This isn't about global cooperation. This is about American sovereignty and individual liberties. And we the people need to stop this intrusion. The draft is going to go through a series of edits and approval processes, so there's time but we need to pay attention and keep up with this story and get to a convention of states where we, the people, can stop our own government from voluntarily giving up our rights to the World Health Organization. Yes, and it often seems that no one in the elite class is willing or brave enough to push back against this elitist mentality of signing away a nation's and individual's freedoms in exchange for globalization and centralization of power. But this week, that's actually exactly what Elon Musk did, ironically, at the World Government Summit in Dubai. Now just imagine denouncing pop music at the Grammys, for example, or chiding Hollywood at the Academy Awards. Imagine calling out the NFL during the Super Bowl. Or if you're Elon Musk, do one better and tell off World Government at the World Government Summit of all places. The CEO of Twitter, the richest man in the world, ruffled elitist feathers on Wednesday when he warned against a one-world government at the World Government Summit in Dubai. His argument was largely based on a fear that if such a government collapsed, it would drag all other countries along with it. He explained that throughout history, the fall of one civilization 
never resulted in the doom of humanity as a whole. On the contrary, he pointed out that even when the Roman Empire fell, for example, other nations kept progressing despite the momentous shakeup on the world stage. This argument could be expanded upon. If such a government became tyrannical, or perhaps was always meant to be tyrannical, it would plunge all nations of the world into tyranny too. Musk added that in many ways, Twitter, under previous management, helped enforce an elitist groupthink worldview, a practice he has intentionally abandoned. So I think it's, that's the general idea, it's just um, to reflect the values of, of the people um, as opposed to imposing the values um, of essentially San Francisco and Berkeley, um, which are so somewhat of a niche ideology um, as compared to the rest of the world. And, but, but, you know, Twitter was, I think, doing a little too much to impose um, a niche, as, uh, you know, San Francisco Berkeley ideology on the world. Um, so, you know, I, I thought the, it was important kind of for the future of civilization to try to correct that uh, thumb on the scale, if you will. Um, and and, uh, and and just have Twitter more accurately reflect, uh, like I said, the, the values of the, the, the people of Earth. Frighteningly, many government officials in America have shown an affinity for a one-world government. It certainly ranks higher on their list than America first. But the American people are deeply skeptical of a one-world government. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to stop our politicians from flirting with the idea and Elon Musk's rebuke probably won't stop them either. The only political solution for stopping government from consolidating all authority and power, whether on a global or national level, is to call an Article 5 Convention of States. To learn more, go to conventionofstates.com today. That's all the news for today, folks, but thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Remember to follow Convention of States on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on all that we're doing to combat globalization, federal tyranny, and other forms of corruption in our federal government. We thank you so much for joining us and look forward to seeing you guys next week right here on the Liberty Update.